0: In this episode of Eden Exchanges, we talk through all the steps of building a successful franchise with James Jacker of the gym's Test and Tag and Fire Safety Group, from the very first phone call all the way to the returns on investment and what it really takes to succeed in the franchising industry. Expect to hear some invaluable insights drawn from James' own diverse experiences that brought him to lead one of Australia's best-known franchise operations. (music) Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ragu. I'm joined today by Frank Zemus from Eden Exchange. As part of our series on franchise and investment in Australia, we're talking to leading experts in the franchising world. Today, we have James Jacker in the studio. He's one of the pioneers of the gyms group and currently heads up the gyms test and tag and fire safety group, perhaps one of the most successful franchise outfits going around. Big welcome to James Jacker. Morning, guys. How are you? Look, thanks all for coming in. Look, firstly, we get a lot of interest from people wanting to be their own boss, get into franchising. Look, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into the business? Did you always gravitate towards franchising? Were you always entrepreneurial by nature?
1: Yeah, good question, Rugga. It's um, and I can only speak from from my personal experience and what I've seen in the field. Uh, I'm personally a remedial masseur, so nothing to do with electrical testing and tagging and or fire. Um, so, worked for uh, for a, like a spa resort at one point, and and for myself at one point. Uh, so as an employee, um, and then unfortunately, you know, life sort of has its uh, twists and turns. Uh, my uh, my father actually developed cancer after many years, and he was running a Holden dealership. So, um, unfortunately, he passed away. The the family wanted to carry on with the business, so I uh, jumped in there for uh, about six years or so, and I was Australia's youngest Holden dealer which is um, you know, a bit of a different turn of events. Uh, so, yeah.
2: So, so how, did you, how did you go from sort of running a, a, a dealership to actual getting into, into gyms, into, into a franchise?
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's a small world. My next-door neighbour I used to sell some cars to. He was um, who's now my current business yep. partner. Yep. I used to sell some cars to him, and he was part of the local Shire Council, and he bought for a few different Shire Councils. The best part of that relationship was he used to put on a fantastic spread at his house on a Thursday night when the mm-hmm. footy show was on. So yeah. <laughs> if he was putting the drinks on, I was there. So the the friendship developed. Uh, Neil actually looked at Jim's test and tag at the time was you know in its very 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 early days, yeah. uh, and asked me for some advice on it. And I said, look, you haven't got enough information, or it's too good to be true, and it's yeah, probably yeah. A, bit of a combination of the two. Yeah, right. um, I was always looking for investment opportunities outside of the the Holden dealership. It wasn't you know, it wasn't where I felt myself landing, and there wasn't enough money there to support everyone. Yeah. And an opportunity came up to buy uh, in at a, at a higher level, so at a regional franchise or level. Um, there's yep. different levels in the franchise. We'll get into that later, I'm sure. sure.
0: But, I mean, it's, it's interesting how you, you got to that place where you're running the company. Look, Since 2006, you and Neil have really helped turn Jim's test and tag and fire safety into a star-performing Australian franchise. I mean, what have been some of the triggers behind the growth here? There's different
1: growth strategies for lots of different franchises. The classic one is to throw a whole lot of money at it and to get it into the marketplace. We actually thought we'd work on the building blocks first. So we knew if our franchisees were successful in the marketplace that they'd tell a good story about who we are, uh, what was going on in their personal business, to any of the potential guys that were actually ringing us up and, and asking about the business, you know, willing to make that leap of faith. So we thought we'd look after those guys. We did that by investing in... Uh, documentation and process, so the mechanics of it. Yep. One of the big things that we felt and we noticed early on was that the uh, the culture of the business was actually a bigger player than the mechanics of it. So we focused on culture very much. So we had a you know, we had a guy that would ring us up at sort of 4.30 on in the afternoon and just talk about things in his business that had happened that day. Not for help, not to whinge, not to high five, just just to go through that process. Yep. We quickly identified that the guy was a little bit lonely. The man in the van uh, would being been taken out of the office. Yep. So we had to work on that culture. We had to work on yep. who the guys were, what we stood for, and how we were going to uh, interact with each other as independent business owners moving in a common direction. So I think some of, that, some of those cornerstones were the, were the key to getting Jim's test and tag to the almost 200 franchisees that we have across Australia and New Zealand today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that those key parts that take a little bit more time and effort sometimes missed
2: in that growth strategy, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've heard you speak about, um, before about sort of wearing the wearing the jumper, wearing the, wearing the shirt, and, and how important that is for, for everyone involved in the business, so, uh, so you, you're basically saying that the culture is, is something that's got to be foremost in that sort of, yeah. in that organisation, right?
1: We weren't overly skilled in this area, so we actually, again, when we don't have skills in an area, yeah. we outsource. We're going to find the best people in the marketplace, we pay them good money to help us with that process. Yeah. We employed a group called Leading Teams. They help mm-hmm. out uh, many different organisations. Um, they're in the papers for helping out, you know, the AFL and the NRL teams, the Australian cricket team. Mm-hmm. That that sort of ink of you know groups, where where there's different players with different prerogatives, but all trying to achieve the same thing. Sure. So we employed these guys to come in, and we soon developed these trademarks and behaviours. You know how we wanted to be seen. Yep and the behaviours that would dictate that in the field. But it became quite evident yeah. in that process that yeah. we were happy to do these things when we were representing the business. Yeah. But under all of all, under all of that, we were just a bunch of blokes and, yes, and a few yeah. girls at the time as well. We didn't yeah. have many girls, we are looking for a, a yeah. few more. Um, so we came up with this shirts on, shirts off policy, which yeah. is what you're talking about there, Frank. Yeah, and yeah. Um, when the shirt's on, this is how we look, this is how we behave, and this is how we represent the business when we're out of uniform and not representing the business, yeah. we're the first blokes to the bar and yeah. we're a bunch of larrikins and we like to enjoy ourselves and we think that's actually one of the byproducts of being a business for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it was a bit of a bit of a journey for us as well. Yeah,
0: sure. yeah and it is really evident. Like we've been to some of the Jim's test and tag events that there's a lot of friendship and mateship amongst the guys who's been there for a while. I mean, from that, what do you think is more important there, the people or the procedures um, in, in terms of making these businesses run well? Yeah, I think that's a... Good question.
1: Most people will look at mechanics and look at procedures. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is it sometimes comes across as a as, as the stick. Yeah. You know, you will do it this way. There's obviously yeah. reasons to do things certain ways. Yeah. We have 100-kilometer zones on the road for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But if you haven't got the culture right and the buy-in from the stakeholders, and our franchisees are absolutely stakeholders, yeah. we, we don't think it works as well. So it's a bit of that stick and carrot as well. Yes, yep. we need some rules and regs on how we look, but the most important part is actually getting the culture right with the stakeholders and getting
2: that buy-in. Yeah, yeah. Look, you, you guys are pretty big on planning. Um, you know, making sure that every franchisee's got a got a plan for the for, for the week or or, or the month, etc. What are some of the I guess uh, the quirks of, of a really good plan? Yeah. So we found early
1: on, Frank, and I think this is a sort of a long way of answering yep. that question. Yep. But some guys were really good at the now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's call those guys the, the typical tradie, and yep. they knew yep. what to do today to earn a dollar, yep.
2: but yep. they had
1: no idea what that looked like in five years. Yep. We had some other guys that were really great at seeing what they wanted in five years, but had no idea what that meant today. The action yep. right now at eleven, fifteen, whatever it was on uh, Monday afternoon, it, you, yep. know, you know, whatever that was for them. So for us, um, it was about building a plan yep. that would represent all of those guys. So what we did was we made sure that we had that long-term plan. We broke that down to you know a three-year and one-year format. Mm-hmm. We further broke that down into what we call a 10-point plan or a weekly planner. Yep. And that's literally a list of activities required to achieve that longer-term goal yep. that they're sort of ticking and flicking themselves. They're not reporting back to myself yep. or their franchise all so much, although yep. we are interested. Yep. It's simply a plan for them to achieve what they want because if we know if we can help them short sure. term, medium term, and long term achieve what they want, yeah. they're going to be happy. Yep. We're going to get what we need from this as well. Happy sure. franchisees breed happy franchisees. Yeah,
2: which yeah, sure. probably leads pretty well onto the next question about you know what what makes a great franchisee. Um, you know, so you know what's great operator and, and, and can you pick them right at the start or, or do, you, do you need to? I mean. Is that it, is it something that you've been wrong about in, in the past? Yeah, we're absolutely far from perfect, Frank. I think that's a really good question. I think anyone that sits around yeah, yeah. and says
1: that we haven't made a mistake hasn't, yeah. hasn't made a decision. Sure. Um, I think two key words pop into my mind when you talk about what a good franchisee looks like. Yeah. Uh, it's the attitude and the activity. So we can build the activity yep. through our planning process. Yep. To turn up with a smile on and be that, um, that person that people – generally tend to like to deal with, um, is sometimes a little bit harder. So sometimes it's about getting the guys to step out of the, the funk, yep, remind yep. themselves about what this is all about for them, what their long-term goal is, what their reward is, yep. uh, and then just going back out and doing something in the field that's 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 quite you know that's, that's got the right attitude to go with it. And yep. we're all human. We've all had days where we uh, yep. want to kick the cat or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's about that attitude and activity. Attitude, right? yeah, yeah. Ultimately, not about the skill set. What yep. we do in the field, we can teach most people, um, and it comes. And that's hard for someone that's not in our industry, but yep. we teach that. It's yep. the attitude and the activity that really make and break it. To yep. give you an example, um, I have a guy in, uh, in Queensland currently. Yep. Um, with all due respect, I would believe that commercially, if the guy was employed, he'd probably have a wage of somewhere between forty and $60,000.
2: Yep.
1: He's probably you know in that, in that sense. Yep. But because he's got a good attitude, he follows the system and that activity... The guy's going to turn over two hundred thousand dollars this year in his franchise business. He has no employees. Yeah, he has his whole vehicle in his van. Yeah, and he drives and runs that business, invoices and prices how he wants. Um, so the franchise can deliver in multiples when you do the right thing and follow yeah. that system with the right attitude. Yeah,
0: yeah, and how important is is resilience as well? Just willing to take those next steps. I mean, we talk to a lot of people coming in wondering why franchises. They may think it's a job. They don't want to go after clients. Uh, they just want to... It's a bit of you know, a misconception there's a bit of a there. misconception. Yeah. Uh, so that screening process of getting to that right person it can be a bit tricky. But in terms of that, how important do you think is that resilience of you know, taking everything comes learning and moving forward with the business as well?
1: Yeah. Uh, resilience is a, is, a, is a good word, regular. I like that one. Yeah. Um, you do need some of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Ultimately, there's probably two ends of this. You've got your pure employee who will only ever do what they're told to do. Uh, and let's not put all employees into that bracket, but let's call that one end of the spectrum. Yeah. And then we've got the other guy at the other end who's the pure entrepreneur. We're probably looking for someone three-quarters of the way down the road. Right. The pure entrepreneur would be too... Conf- like, uh, a franchise is too confining for that yep. pure entrepreneur. But you need that little bit of resilience, that bit of get-up-and-go, that little bit of roll-out-of-bed, I'm doing this for myself today, um, to, to get a real you know, a, a great return from this business, whereas a typical employee, as I say, at that lower end of the spectrum, um, is probably sitting there waiting with someone else to tell them what to do, smack them with the stick, and those sort yeah. of things. So you do yeah. want that resilience, but yeah. we're all human as well, Raghu. You know, we've all been out there, and some days we probably don't do everything that we know we, we should have, yeah. um, and, you know, if we're all honest with ourselves, we're probably in that same boat, but it is about consistency and,
2: and that uh, yeah, you know, and that
1: activity. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: I guess support is, is quite important. So when, when you're looking at sort of franchisee prospects, um, you're looking at, um, you know, what's their motivation to, to get into the franchise, but but also is there sort of immediate family um, behind them, especially the wife, exactly, you know. Is, is that something you look at or is that, is that kind of... Uh... Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's one of the most important things. Okay. So there's a c- couple of factors there. As As gentlemen in the world, yeah. 70% of our major decisions that uh, <clears throat> happen in our lives involve our partner actually yeah. ticking it off. Yeah. So 70% of those big decisions need to, you know, have the partner involved. Yeah. So that's one piece. But the reality is, we've got a practical application here as well. Yeah. You're gonna have good days and bad days. Sure. Yeah. On those bad days you want the support. Yeah. On the good days you wanna give someone a high five. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you'll always have a local franchise or that's fantastic. Yeah. And they'll be there as much as you want them to. But that's nothing like having your partner involved. And we've yep. had franchisees around the other way. We've had the, yep. the, the, the wife in the in the relationship as the franchisee yep. Yep. and the husband at home. Same deal. Absolutely the yep. same deal. Without that support at home, yep. I think going to business and any business, forget our business, yep. um, is really tough yards. Anyone yep. that has, you know, you speak about that resilience, some of yep. it comes from support. Like you know, absolutely. To, to roll up every day, do what needs to be done with a great yep. attitude
0: yeah and and that's something people can not even think about before they go into these type of things, but that experience comes through when they're dealing with that like a master franchise I mean a lot of this franchise franchisee is a very much a mentorship relationship isn't it i mean is that something you push throughout your organization as well
1: yeah absolutely so again I probably want to answer this question through experience when we first came in and we we took the divisional rights on, which means that we were looking after all of Australia, yep. uh, the middle guys and the franchisees. There were a few orphan franchisees without that direct support person mm-hmm. uh, in South Australia and, and Queensland. They either made it, you know, it's like jumping <laughs> into the deep end, they either made it yep. or they didn't. And, you know, sitting here and, and taking a bet on someone that's gonna have one of those two outcomes, we weren't comfortable with. So what we said was, we won't sell to any more franchisees in those areas and we inherited those guys until we've got a master franchisor at a local level. Sure. So it's very, you know, it, it made such a difference. And and, it, and the funny thing is it didn't really matter the skill set of that regional franchisor. It was about having that, that real yeah. person yeah. just down the road yeah. um, to say, come and give me a hand with a job. I'm stuck on something. I've forgotten to buy some tags this week. Can I pop yeah. around? Whatever it be. Yeah. So it's even more of a that comfort level of having someone close by that yeah. really helped out. And, yeah, of course, these guys have got some great skill sets and, you know, they've probably dealt with, you know, everything that needs to be dealt with as well. So.
2: Yeah, um, look, we got some data from the Franchise Council of Australia and um, basically uh, in, in Australia there are more franchise systems per capita than any other country in the world. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on why franchises in Australia are, are so popular and, and there's, there's such growth. I
0: mean, I mean, is franchising a particularly Aussie thing or is
2: there anything behind that, do you think?
1: I've, I've thought about this a few times because I've yeah. actually heard some of these stats. You yeah. know, the, the Sunshine Coast actually has yeah. the greatest populace out of Australia of, of uh, franchise penetration as well. Yeah. The newer areas, and we're a newer country, if yeah. you think about traditionally the rest of the world, yeah. we embrace newer things um, more readily. Yeah. So... Uh, I think that's why we have a bit of franchising because we don't have so much history in Australia. Yep. Um, we're more likely to take on something that's brand new because we're sort of a, a new bunch of people. Yep. Uh, Australia is full of um, yep. people; most people are from somewhere else
0: yep.
1: uh, originally. So we are embracing um, cultures together. We embrace new things more readily, and so yep. on. And oh, look, I think that's a great thing. Yep. Um, you know, I think that's that's what makes Australia and New Zealand fantastic places um, for anyone to live. You yep. know that it is. Groups of different people—they are very accepting of new and you know very accepting of change—and I think that that's one of the reasons that yep. franchising is popular. Yep. Um, because look, franchising is not a perfect world either. Yep. If you look hard enough, there's some there's some awful stories yeah, in franchising. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it's it's not all about those sort yep. of things. The other the other part to it, I believe, is that the Australian dream is about um, you know you know home ownership and yep. and and. and the Aussie battler doing it for himself. Yep. This becomes a platform for an Aussie battler, battler to, you know, to take, you know, control of that destiny without sure. sort of being, yep. you know, too warm and fluffy. Yep. You know, so some guys will sit there and say, "I want to do that." Yep. I know I don't have everything that I need to do that. Um, what's a platform that will get me to where I need to be? So maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, uh, it's yep. probably a good open question for the yep. other guys. Like different opinions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I, I mean, also, look, we've, we've in Australia, we've had good. Economic growth, I guess, for, for a number of quarters now. Um, you know, the, the, there's a bit of sort of doom and gloom um, in the air. How, how do you think sort of franchising is um, is placed to, yeah. to, to face that sort of uh, yeah. e- economic hardship? Yeah. And, and even then,
0: particularly types of franchises like a testing and tag and safety franchise. I mean, yeah. there are certain types of franchises that could be a bit more resilient to potential downturn that a lot of people think are coming. Yeah, I mean, is that something you're factoring in there as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think we um, spoke about this at the last information workshop we had. Um, we've just tipped over and set a record in the uh, sure. in the world on um, non-recession. You know, yeah. no no technical recession, yep. uh, which is two quarters of um, you know downturn in the economy. Yep. Um, so we've just had 26 years of um, you know a really good run. So it is it is a good point when you're looking at any business to um, try to understand what it's going to look like in times that are more challenging than today. Mm-hmm. Um, so safety is one of those things that doesn't go away it's not a discretional spend yeah. it's not yeah, like yeah. A, with all with all due respect to the window tinters out there yeah. it's more of a discretional spend we like it yeah. but geez do we have to have it when we haven't got money to put food on the table probably not yeah. whereas safety the fire world testing and tagging you know, safety switches those sort of things they tend to be more of a safety piece which carries through because legislation dictates it in the field yeah. so we've had we've seen this a couple of times yep yeah. Um, so New Zealand was probably hit worse than Australia uh, as a as a whole nation mm-hmm. um, back in two thousand and eight, and we actually grew through that period. More importantly, our uh, our customer base stayed with us. There was a couple yeah. of yeah. customers across the of the whole twenty five franchisees at the time yeah. mm-hmm. that dropped off that were you know that were notable. Outside of that, we didn't yeah. see a drop in our uh, in our customer base in any sense. Yeah. So look, we think our business is well geared for um, good times, which we all know and most businesses work well in good times, but also those challenging times, um, which we believe is probably likely in the next you know few years.
0: And it's also the case that there could be a lot of people forced to transition out of work. It could be the mining industry, it could be manufacturing. You're finding that franchising is being seen in your field as a, as a vital option there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen some downturn in the WA and Queensland mining sectors. Uh, We've seen franchise inquiries directly from that. Um, You know, guys that were used to a good wage, um, but then all of a sudden the work dried up and they wanted to maintain that lifestyle and still have something at a local level. A lot of those guys that worked in the mine actually wanted more of the lifestyle as well though. They wanted to get back in touch with the family. They wanted to get out and use the boat. They wanted to do those things. So yeah, we've seen those. Uh, Manufacturing is obviously a massive um, area that's had a downturn already. And we've seen guys from that, um, you know, from that sector as well, coming in as franchisees, yeah. um, and they've they've come from very very different places. You know, from from you know, upper level management to you know, um, you know, guys from the floor. Um, you know, and those guys have made a, a run of this business, which has been cool. Yeah, 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 fantastic.
0: Yeah, great. I mean, now in terms of Jim's test and tag and fire safety itself, I mean, do you guys have a have a goal coming up next year in terms of recruitment or what you're trying to achieve. Over yeah. the year coming up.
1: Going back to the last recession, which is actually a long time ago, yeah. um, some some young guys in the world have never you know, in this in this country actually haven't seen a recession <laughs> sure. at all. But yeah. last time this happened, yeah. Jim's group was actually around. Yeah. Um, the Jim's group grew by forty percent in yeah. one year. Right. So it was pretty phenomenal. At Jim's test and tag to answer your question, yeah. go um, we're looking to build our franchise network by fifty franchisees across Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. We're actually on track for that at the moment. Um, and we're starting to see um, some some nice um, prospective franchisees come to the table. So we're getting a little bit smarter and cutting through to our prospective franchisee better these days. Yeah. So we're starting to see more of the guys that we'd like to see that we know are going to be successful um, contacting us and, you know, starting that initial conversation.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. And, and what what type of um you know influence do you think technology has that on that has on that now in terms of marketing or even just connecting with people? Yeah, it's <laughs> the world has changed and it yeah. continues
1: to change. I think yeah. that's the only consistency yeah. Yeah. in yeah. Our yeah. today's world. Yeah. Um, you know, the old days were put a generic ad in a paper yeah. or yeah. if you can afford a budget to get on TV, that's where you went. But we were getting to a mass audience, mass media. Yeah. Today's society where we, we, we provide information to various different online mediums to say that we're interested in sport, we're interested in this, we're interested in that, whatever yeah. it be, hmm. helps that cut through and it makes it you know guys with small budgets like ourselves Easier to cut through to our direct audience uh, on a regular basis, so yeah. Look, times have changed and they'll continue to change.
0: Oh Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably why we exist as well—to yeah. I mean, to do these some of things. Yeah. But, but in terms of um, the franchising sector, what we just wanted to ask was: anyone interested in really exploring opportunities at Gym Test and sorry, gyms Test and Tag? What would be the next step for
1: them? Yeah. So most guys that look at a franchise. Yeah. Um, are concerned about that first call is going to be someone getting them to sign up or give them some money. Yeah, We're very different. Um, franchising dictates that everyone that's looking at franchising should be provided with enough information without any money or any um, commitment to move forward, uh, and we're happy to do that. So what the, our process is, you have a chat with the local regional franchisor mm-hmm. who also runs a local franchisee business. Mm-hmm. So they're speaking from experience. They're not telling you how to you know, do something that they haven't done before. They've built businesses. They, they run successful businesses today. So you have a chat with those guys. We open up our entire database, phone numbers, contact details of other franchisees who make no remuneration whether those guys come in or not. And we encourage the franchise the prospect to call other franchisees and ask them about the good stuff yeah. and, and also ask them about the challenging stuff because if it was all just about beer and Skittles, it would be simple. Yeah. The question is... When I have a rough day, when I'm having a challenging time, what does the franchise do for me?
2: Yeah,
1: uh, And they're, they're great questions to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some guys, when you get on the phone and have a chat with them, they'll only tell you about the good stuff. Yeah. I'd challenge the prospect to say, and tell me about the hardest time in this business that you've had. Yeah. Um, other guys will talk about all of the, the yeah. down stuff because that might be the position they're yeah. in today. Hmm. Um, you might adversely ask them that question as well. well is, is there anything good about the franchise? Um, so, yeah, look, it's, um, you know, It's an interesting little beast. We also put information workshops together. Um, When you get to the the next step and you've got enough information that you want more information, we put a two-day information workshop together. We hold all of those in Melbourne for all of Australia and New Zealand. And what that allows you to do is get in the room with other guys looking at the business who are going to ask some of those hard questions and we'll put our whole business on the table over two days. There is absolutely no commitment for the prospect to move forward at that stage. In fact, we're not prepared to move forward at all with them at that stage either. What we want them to do is, with all of that knowledge, go and put a business plan and cash flow together. Don't worry if you're one of those 95% of the Australian and New Zealand populace that has never put a business plan and cash flow together. We have some templates for that. But what we want to understand is, what does the prospect want out of this? And can we genuinely put our hand on our heart and say, yes, we can help you achieve? Or do we need to give you some more information? It's only after everybody's happy that we've got a platform or or some goals that we genuinely can achieve based on that prospect's skill set, their motivations, their goals, that we start talking about signing contracts or giving any money. So basically, we'll tell you everything about our business. We'll give you exposure to it before anyone makes a commitment because we know that there's some things that people can't replicate out there if it was James's test and tag or James's fire safety that the gyms group have. So we're absolutely happy to put everything that we've got
2: on the table, show you, talk to you about it, put you in contact with the people who are on the ground. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic process. It really, um, really opens up the business to, to, to prospects. Uh, Ragu and I uh, have sat in a, a prospect workshop uh, for Jim Test and Tag, and it was, we we're really impressed by the by the, the, the whole transparency of the, of the the whole process.
0: Yeah, and I, we did understand that you also want to get someone who you want to give that uniform to as well. Yeah. So in terms of, you know, and especially with the testing and tagging, you know, you don't want someone who's going to miss something and you know the ramifications could be terrible if you get the wrong type of person there so it's also a two-way screening process there isn't it yeah we speak one of the things we speak about in there is actually protecting the current stakeholders
1: so you know Mm -hmm. young Frank might walk into the room our job as Mm -hmm. the divisional franchisors and the other franchisors who turn up straight out of you know off their own Mm bat their job is to actually protect the current guys that are in the group yep Frank might build a great business, but if it's at the detriment of the next franchisee down the road or in the next suburb, mm. we need to do the right thing by that guy who's, a, who's part of our team already. Yeah. So um, it's it's a two-way street. It is genuinely a two-way street, and we don't have enough information until we get to know someone. Yeah. And it's only when it works both ways, and we're all happy, that we yeah. then talk about a commitment to move forward. So there's a lot that goes on, yeah. a lot of information, a lot of those questions that people need answered. Before anyone makes any decisions.
0: Yep, yep absolutely. All right, James, look, we, we speak to a lot of people coming in asking questions about franchises. You know, a lot of the questions will get things like, you know, can you guarantee me income? Do I have to get the clients myself? What do I get in terms of if I put down a fairly significant investment? You're looking at like $89,000 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and also things like help with financing. So there are some of these initial questions we're, we're getting. I, I mean, how do you. Often answer these, or, or wh- how do you display the value of the franchise to people who are coming into the system? Yeah, it's a it's
1: a great question. It's, it is it is quite common for our prospects. Um, and let's I suppose we can talk about this a, bit, a little bit generically as well. Any business you go into, any business that's worth it's you know worth its salt, you know not a not a startup yesterday or anything like that. Anyone that's worth its salt is going to have a system in in place to help them with the mechanics to build the business yeah. in the initial period. And the other part to an investment is a return. So, if we spoke about buying a stock on the stock market, you know, some shares, whatever it be, you'll buy it at a figure and you want to sell it for a greater figure. Not many people want to sell it for a lesser figure. Um, So, from our point of view, uh, yeah, there's of that 80, you know, 89,000, you know, that sort of money, there's about sort of $30,000 of um, equipment and the bits and pieces that you need to run the business, the, uh, you know, the training you need and all those sort of things. So, it's probably from a, if we break it down, the fifty thousand dollars is the is the investment in the in the system, mm. and the other bits are tools of trade and skills. Mm. So we're looking for a return on that fifty. Uh, typically, our franchisees are turning over anywhere from a hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand, depending on their needs. Um, you know, post eighteen months to two and a half years. Now, guys tend to go up from there, mm. or they choose a lifestyle from that point of view. Now that business in the marketplace, because it's not reliant purely on leads, and we know that's part of the business, and that's part of our process to help you along the journey, mm-hmm. those businesses are typically selling for one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So the clients and the territory value. Uh, we've had businesses sell in excess of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at franchisee level in two halves. You can sell bits of your business along the journey. So let's say you are you are based in metropolitan Sydney, Sydney. So also the CBD. Mm-hmm. And you started developing a client base in Parramatta. For those that don't know Sydney, and I'm not a, I am not, don't travel the Sydney roads every day, yep. but I know it takes a damn lot of time to get from Western Sydney to sure. uh, Eastern Sydney. Yeah. So what what those guys do is they'll tend to build a business and they'll sell off locationally, $30,000, $40,000 worth of clients, put that in their pocket, and then localise some more of those clients because they've got to that point, they've earned that right. So yep. they sell bits along the journey and then they'll ultimately have an exit strategy. And with any business that you're looking at, the exit strategy should be part of that business plan. So we've got some school on the board. We're happy to talk to you um, about that. And we're happy to put in contact with guys that are in the building process, how to get those customers and how they've been helped, um, the guys that have split, and the guys that have actually sold their business as well. So we're happy to put all of that on the table. There's no secrets there either. Yep. Okay, fantastic.
0: All right, fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for that, James. I think a key message is, look, the franchise can also provide a lot of support, but Ultimately, it is also the individual that needs to, to push it and grow the mm. business themselves. So, it's a it's a relationship that needs to be continuously worked on and, and, and improved. So, look, I think anyone else who's interested in learning a bit more about the Jim's Test and Tag group should head to Jim's Test and au. Also, uh, encourage you to go to EdenExchange.com and BusinessBuyInvest.com to check out a range of Australian business opportunities in the market. And a big thank you again to James Jacker from Jim's Test and Tag and Fire Safety. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. This episode featured James Jacker from the Jim's Test and Tag and Jim's Fire Safety Group. To discover more on the topics we covered today, head to edenexchange.com or businessbuyinvest.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for regular updates on investment and franchise opportunities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.